In the blazing heat, hundreds of these flying foxes have perished, dropping from trees, unable to withstand the heat wave. Volunteers in Cairns have established a pop-up hospital to care for the survivors. It's just ridiculous. Um, to try and quantify them, it, it's kind of impossible. There's uh, reports of hundreds and hundreds. I've just been here today. We've already had about 40 deaths. The bat's distressing situation is also causing a major health concern for humans at risk of contracting the potentially fatal Lisa virus. We've seen a lot of bat bites over the last 24 hours. We normally see 30 to 40 bat bites or scratches uh, in a year. Over the last 24 hours we've seen seven. G'day guys and welcome to Aussie English. My objective here is to teach you guys the English spoken down under. So whether you want to speak like a fair income Aussie, or you just want to understand what the flippin' hell we're on about when we're having a yarn, you've come to the right place. So sit back, grab a cuppa, and enjoy Aussie English. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to this episode of Aussie English. I hope you guys are going well. Man, it's a hot day. It is a hot day. And so, I actually have the window open in the office here because there's no wind. It's one of those really calm, hot days where the, the heat's kind of overbearing because there's no wind to sort of cool you down. Anyway, so, if there's a bit of background noise, sorry about that. Hopefully, you can hear some birds and... Uh, not too many kids screaming or cars driving past, although that may happen in the near future as school has just finished for kids. Anyway, guys, welcome to the Aussie English Podcast, the number one podcast for anyone and everyone wanting to learn Australian English. So, this week, it's my birthday. It is my- or will have been my birthday by the time this episode comes out. But at the moment, it's Wednesday and my birthday's tomorrow and I'm turning 32. So, for this week, for you guys, I wanted to give you a chance to celebrate my birthday with me. And if any of you guys haven't signed up to the Aussie English Classroom, you can do so this week for free. So, the trial for one week, your seven-day trial is absolutely free. You can sign up, enter your details, you will have access to everything. If you want to unsubscribe before the end of the seven days so that you don't pay the next fee for the next month, you can do that too. But I want to give you guys a chance to get in there, see what it's about. You'll get access to my 60-plus courses in there for pronunciation, vocab, learning expressions, how to speak like an Australian, everything like that. And also, now, Aussie English Classroom members under the new system will have access to the premium podcast as well, okay? So, you can sign up for one week, go to aussieenglish.com.au and you will get access to the Aussie English Classroom as well as the premium podcast. Anyway, guys, that aside, the intro scene there was about bats in cans. And notice there, I don't pronounce it cairns with the R. We pronounce that as Cairns, the city in Queensland, right? Cairns, Cairns. So, there was a heat wave there last year that killed a whole bunch of bats and people went out there having to try and protect them and save them because, you know, you don't want a whole lot of dead native animals all over the place. Anyway, you'll see how this ties in with the expression episode today in the Aussie English Fact. 
So, we'll wait until we get there and we'll talk more about bats. To kick it off, though, to begin, let's start with a joke. And the joke today is, what did the triangle say to the circle? So, what did the triangle, you know, the shape with three points, the triangle say to the circle, a shape with no points? You're pointless. Oh, (laughs) do you get it? What did the triangle say to the circle? You're pointless. Meaning, there's two meanings here, right? It's a double entendre. It's a pun. You could say that you're pointless, meaning that you have no points, because the triangle has three points, the circle has no points, you're pointless. But if you say to someone you're pointless as well, it can mean that you have no meaning. There's no purpose to you. There's no point to you, right? You are pointless. So, I hope you get that, guys. (laughs) I wanted to do a shape joke because today the expression is bent out of shape. So, you might hear get bent out of shape or become bent out of shape. And it can be bent out of shape at someone, bent out of shape about something or bent out of shape over something. You can kind of use about or over. It doesn't really matter in that case. So, before I define the expression, let me define the words in the expression, bent out of shape. So, if you bend something, you bend it, it is that you shape or force it into a curve or angled shape, right? So, if I had a piece of wire that was long and straight and I turn it into the shape of a U, to do that, I have to bend it. I might bend it with my hands, I might bend it over my knee, I might step on one end and use my hand to bend it up. But when I change the shape of it, when I deform it, I'm bending it, okay? Out of shape. Now, this can have two meanings. Obviously, if you are out of shape, you're not in shape. These are kinds of two opposites, out of shape and in shape. And it can mean if you are out of shape, you're deformed. And if you're in shape, you're in the right shape, right? So, imagine that you have a circle and you sit on it and it gets squished. It gets out of shape because now it turns into an oval and it's no longer a circle, right? But you might also hear out of shape and in shape to talk about people's fitness. So, for instance, at the moment, I have gained a bit of weight since I have been to Canberra and then moved back to uh, Ocean Grove and I have lost my fitness. So, I've become out of shape. So, now I want to get into shape. I want to lose a little bit of weight, but I also want to get fit. I want to get back into shape. You know, how my body should be to get into shape, to get out of shape. So, the expression definition, guys, bent out of shape, to get bent out of shape, to become bent out of shape. This means to get or become very angry, really agitated, incredibly upset. Or it can be that you've taken offense to something that someone said, right? Which usually means you become angry agitated or upset. So, apparently, this originates from the early 1900s, I believe, when bent used to be used to talk about someone who was influenced by drugs. So, if you drank some alcohol or you did some kind of drug like cannabis or heroin or something, because you start to sort of lose your senses, you know, you're not straight, you're bent. And then later, it became bent out of shape to talk about people on drugs or under the influence of drugs. And then the expression kind of morphed to mean that someone has changed from their normal sort of 
um, personality or, you know, happy nature and they've become angry, upset or agitated. So, they've, they've bent out of shape. They've changed from being sort of pleasant and happy to being angry and agitated. So, as usual, let's go through three examples of how I would use this expression in day-to-day life. And we'll start with one where imagine you're driving along the Prince's Highway which is a highway near me where I live. It's, it goes from Geelong uh, all the way up to Melbourne and, you know, beyond, beyond both of those cities. So, imagine you're driving along the Princess Highway and one day someone cuts you off accidentally. So, they're trying to change lanes and you try to change lanes at the same time and the person cuts you off. They get in front of you, they bump into your car. Uh, it's not serious, but they cause a bit of damage. So, you both pull over to the side of the road you get out of the car, you're a little bit shaken, you're a little bit pissed off, but you're no worse for wear, right? You're not injured, you're okay. The other guy gets all upset and he he blames you for the accident. He's saying, you came out of nowhere, it was your fault, you slammed into my car. If he gets upset, if he gets angry, he's getting bent out of shape. He's becoming bent out of shape, meaning he's getting frustrated, he's becoming irritated, agitated, upset. He's becoming bent out of shape. And if you want to rile him up a little bit, you know, I don't recommend it, but if you wanted to make him offended or annoyed, you might say to him directly, hey, mate, don't get bent out of shape. Calm down, take it easy, and let's exchange details to get insurance information and we'll get them to deal with it. Example number two. So, imagine you're a woman zookeeper. So, you're a woman who's in charge of the big cats or the tigers or the lions, cheetahs, jaguars, panthers, whatever big cat it is at uh, Melbourne Zoo or maybe the Open Range Zoo, Werribee Zoo near Melbourne. So, one day you show up to work and the bear keeper ran out of food and he's come into your room, wherever you are that you work, that you have all your food stored and he's nicked your food. He's stolen the food that you had for your cats. So, as a result, you now have to go down to the local abattoir where they kill and butcher things like cows and sheep, you know, livestock, and you have to organise the food for the big cats. You got to buy it. You have to tell them what you want and it's going to take you an extra hour or two out of your day, you know, and put you behind schedule. So, when you finally get that work done, you return to the zoo with, say, a wheelbarrow full of meat. You head over and feed your animals and afterwards, you see the bear keeper as he walks past and you might say to him, you know, once you're angry and upset, what the hell were you doing? Why did you steal my food? You know, that was my food. And so, you might get a little bit bent out of shape. You might lose your cool. You might um, give him a piece of your mind. You might get angry at him. You might get a little bent out of shape at that guy for stealing your meat. Example number three, imagine you are a surfer. You love hitting the beach on a hot day with your boardies or maybe a wetty if the water's a little bit cold. Um, You have your favorite surfboard under your arm, you run into the water and catch a few waves for the day. So, one day you take a mate down who's not very confident. He, He doesn't feel comfortable in the water. So, He hates deep water, he hates big surf, he gets nervous when the swell's really big and he freaks out when it comes to sharks. But he's decided today he's going to bite the bullet, he's going to suck it up and he's decided to go for a surf with you because the weather's just too good. So, you get out there, you know, you paddle out behind the breaking waves and you get ready to catch a few waves. He starts to loosen up a little, he starts to get into the swing of things, to relax, to become comfortable. He catches a few waves, he's having fun, and then all of a sudden, 
he spots a shadow under the water. All of a sudden, he sees a fin break the surface of the water. It pops up maybe 50 metres away from him and he totally loses the plot. He starts screaming and trying to paddle frantically into shore in a state that is as much anger as it is fear. So, the next wave to come through lets you see, ah, the creature's just a dolphin. It's just cruised in because it also wants to partake in a bit of surfing because the day is such an awesome day. So, you might scream out to your mate, dude, don't worry, it's just a dolphin. No need to get bent out of shape. No need to get upset. No need to get angry, freak out. No need to get bent out of shape. It's just a dolphin, mate. So, there you go, guys. Hopefully, now you understand the expression to get bent out of shape, to become bent out of shape. It means to become angry, to get frustrated, agitated or upset, or it can mean to take offence at something, okay? So, as usual, guys, let's go through the little listen and repeat exercise. This is your chance to practice your pronunciation. So, listen and repeat after me. Don't. Don't get. Don't get bent. Don't get bent out. Don't get bent out of. Don't get bent out of shape. 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 Now, there's some really interesting stuff going on there that I've just noticed regarding pronunciation. So, did you guys hear any example of me saying the T there? When I say don't get bent out of shape, do you hear a hard T? Or do you hear no T's, maybe a T flap? Don't get bent out of shape. That's it. So, because the T is actually at the end of every single one of those words, don't get bent out, it's either being muted or unreleased, where we don't need to pronounce it because there's a consonant after that word, or it's turning into the T flap where there are vowels on either side of it. So, if you want to learn more about that, jump into the Aussie English Classroom. Remember, it's seven days for free for you to try it. And I've got lessons teaching you how to learn those more subtle aspects of Australian pronunciation. Okay? So, go check it out and don't get bent out of shape. Let's finish. I forgot to do the last little bit. I became bent out of shape. You became bent out of shape. He became bent out of shape. She became bent out of shape. We became bent out of shape. They became bent out of shape. It became bent out of shape. Good job, guys. Now, it isn't obligatory. You don't have to avoid saying those T's or using the T flap. You can pronounce them. It became bent out of shape. However, if you want to sound more like a native speaker, 
practice the way that I say things. Try and focus on how I leave T's unreleased or I use the T flap. It takes time, but you'll sound a lot more natural when you're speaking English. And if you want to see my video on the silent T in English, just search silent T Aussie English on YouTube and you can check it out. There'll be a link in the transcript to that video. Anyway, so the Aussie fact for the day. So, I was thinking, I was sitting here and I'm like, what am I going to talk about? You know, bent out of shape. How can I tie in something Australian with this expression, bent out of shape? So, I was thinking bent, okay, bent out of shape, bent, the word bend, you know, to bend something, bent. Then I thought bent wing bat, which is a type of bat in Australia. And then I thought, wow, okay, bats, yes, bats we haven't talked about on the podcast yet. And they're sort of a common feature in Australia. You'll see them everywhere. So, I thought today we'll talk about Australian bats. So, bats are the only mammals capable of sustained flight and are believed to have first flapped their way all the way to Australian shores through Southeast Asia some 23 to 34 million years ago during the Oligocene. Since their arrival, or perhaps series of arrivals, they've diversified into 77 species that now call Australia home. Australian bats have since become an important part of the Australian ecosystem as they act as important pollinators of native plants, they disperse seeds over wide areas, and they also vacuum up insects by the millions on a nightly basis. So, there are two types of bats in Australia. You've got your micro bats and you've got your mega bats. As the name suggests, micro bats are relatively small, right? Micro. Microscopic, micro bat, small bat. And they've got a wingspan of up to 25 centimetres and feed primarily on insects such as mosquitoes. They use echolocation to navigate in complete darkness as well as to track down their unsuspecting prey victims whilst flying at night. That said, they still have eyes and they can still see. So, that expression, blind as a bat, meaning you can't see, is actually somewhat biologically inaccurate. Some species of microbats spend their days deep within caves, whilst others rest below tree bark or in man-made structures like houses and buildings before coming out at night to hunt. The other type of bat is the megabat. Megabats, or fruit bats or flying foxes as they're also known because of the diet that they eat or the fact that they look like foxes, on the other hand, they have a wingspan of up to a metre, right? Maybe a little bit less than a full-grown adult, you know, with their arms spread out. So, unlike their micro-cousins, they don't use echolocation. They don't have echolocation as an ability, nor do they feed on insects. Instead, they opt for a vegetarian lifestyle, eating things like fruit, blossoms and nectar, right? Fruit bats. Due to their lack of echolocation, they have really well-developed eyes and a strong sense of smell, which enables them to locate food in the dark. They live in large social groups in trees called camps or colonies. Now, are bats dangerous? In and of themselves, bats aren't really dangerous. You know, you might get scratched or bitten if you were to come into contact with a bat. However, they do harbour many dangerous parasites and diseases which have proven lethal to humans in the past. Three examples include paralysis ticks, 
one of the 70 or so tick species in Australia which can inject a potent neurotoxin into its host, whether it be an unfortunate bat, horse, dog, cat or human. And there have been at least 20 deaths from these ticks in the past. And every year, 500 dogs are killed by them. Australian bat lysivirus is number two. This is a virus that belongs to the group of viruses that includes rabies, although we don't have rabies in Australia. However, lysivirus is carried by bats in Australia, and anyone working with bats or likely to come into contact with them usually has the vaccination for this virus. I remember my mum getting three of these vaccinations when I was a kid because she was a biologist working with bats, and it was like a bright pink fluid that they were injecting. Um, So, the virus can be spread through bites and scratches from bats, and the early symptoms are flu-like, including headaches, fevers, and fatigue. The illness progresses rapidly, leading to paralysis, delirium, convulsions, and death, usually within a week or two. Although the vaccine will prevent death if you receive it before or shortly after a bite or scratch from the bat, by the time symptoms arise, it's usually too late to be cured and you are certain to die, unfortunately. And there have been three human deaths since 1996 in Australia. The last one is the Hendra virus. Now, the Hendra virus is a virus that infects large fruit bats or flying foxes. Sometimes the virus can spread from flying foxes to horses, which can then pass on in turn to human beings. Usually they're trainers, the trainers of horses or the vets. The virus was only discovered following an outbreak in 1994 in a large racing stable in the suburb of Hendra in Brisbane, hence the name. Symptoms usually arise within the first three weeks after infection, including fever, cough, sore throat, headache, tiredness... All are common initial symptoms, and it leads to meningitis or encephalitis, inflammation of the brain, which can develop causing headaches, high fevers, drowsiness, and sometimes convulsions and coma. And the Hendra virus infection can thus be fatal. Since 1994, 81 horses have died from the infection, and four human beings have lost their lives to it, the most recent occurring in 2009. There's no cure to the virus. You just have to get treatment in hospital until it passes, or it gets the best of you. So, bat die-offs, culls, and their danger to humans. Because of the health risks that bats can pose to humans, and pets as well, and the fact that flying foxes tend to live in large numbers and within close proximity to humans, bat culls are often carried out when numbers reach plague proportions, when there's way too many bats. So, hundreds of thousands of bats can be killed by councils around Australia when they become a serious danger or are causing damage to trees in botanical gardens. When they're not being killed by humans, they can suffer mass die-offs because of extreme weather events in Australia, such as heat waves. For instance, and as in that video at the start of this episode, in 2018, the heat wave in Sydney killed 100,000 bats in a weekend, a single weekend. This is because they can't sweat. They can't really regulate their body temperature without flapping their wings or just finding shade. So, if the temperatures rise too much and for too long, bats can die. So, what should you do if you see a bat? Don't touch it. Okay? Seriously, don't touch bats. (laughs) Bats, unless you've been vaccinated. 
call your local wildlife hotline. If you find one that's in distress or in need of help, you can usually find those via a quick Google search. And if for whatever reason you must handle the bat or move the bat, cover the bat with a towel or clothing and make sure you avoid skin contact with the bat. If you're scratched or you're bitten or even come into skin-to-skin contact with the bat, see a doctor immediately. Seriously, see a doctor. Anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode today. It's been a bit of a long one, but there's loads of facts in there. I hope you guys like bats too. I hope they don't freak you out. Make sure that you check out the Aussie English Classroom, guys. Remember, for this week, because it's my birthday, you will get access for free. If you haven't signed up for your first seven days, you'll be able to access all the courses, all the podcasts. Get in there and give it a go and see if it's for you. Other than that, thanks so much for joining me and I'll chat to you soon. See ya. G'day, mate. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Aussie English Podcast. If you wish to support the podcast and help me keep bringing you content, you can do so via my Patreon page. Remember, it's my mission here at Aussie English not only to help you understand Australian English, but to speak it like a native. If that's your goal, make sure you enroll in the Aussie English Classroom, guys, where you'll get all the bonus content for today's episode designed to improve your English even faster. Have a ripper of a day and I'll see you in class.